This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. When the Great Recession hit, some people pointed a finger at business schools, asking why the MBAs that caused the economic turmoil weren't taught responsibility and accountability. Ethics is something that business schools have been teaching for decades. But did the financial crisis change the way academic institutions like right here, the Wharton School, emphasize corporate responsibility and ethics. Eric Ortz is a professor of legal studies and business ethics here at the Wharton School. He's also director of the Initiative for Global Environmental Leadership. He joins us here in studio. Stephen Arbogast is a professor of practice of finance and director of the Energy Center at the Keenan Flagler Business School at the University of North Carolina. And Anita Kava is a professor in the Business Law Department at the University of Miami Business School, and she's also co-director of the University of Miami Ethics Program. Eric, great seeing you as always. Thanks Good for to be here, Stephen, Anita, thank you very much for your, for your time today. All the best. Happy to be thank here. You. Thank you. So uh, I'll take us back, Eric, from your perspective of, of that period of time. Has the teaching, has the mindset around teaching and ethics changed any here at the Wharton School? Yes, I, th- I think it has uh, to some extent. So uh, I think if you go back, um, uh, if you go back, um, I don't know, about 20 years or so, you didn't really have any uh, ethics that was being uh, that was being being taught for the most part. So you had uh, the beginning of some. Uh, some people were looking at that kind of question, and you had the idea of corporate social responsibility in a, in a, in that sort of thing. And it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's it. But I think in uh, in more more recent more recent times, you've had uh, a resurgence of an interest in that. So um, I would say that there's a there's a change. Now that had been going on before the financial crisis, and so you had other kinds of. Uh, Big hits to the market, or, or you had you had waves of fraud, et cetera, that would periodically lead to calls for business, business schools to do something about it. Now, I think there's a question in my mind, at least, about whether that's really appropriate or correct. Uh, as I teach the I teach the basic course in the MBA curriculum, and I've taught, uh, and we have required courses in the undergraduate per- curriculum as well. And uh, my general sense is that there's been some changes that we can talk about, but overall, I'm not sure it's really something that you would want that you uh, would would pin particularly on business schools as to whether yeah. they're teaching this in the curriculum or not. There's a more broad there's a broader problem I think that that business schools should think about, and that is what is it that we're really doing when we're teaching people to be good citizens within businesses? Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a general sense uh, that has uh, come up that. You basically only maximize profits within the limits of the law. That's all it's about, and you really are not thinking about anything else. And that's that's actually taught as an axiom in some economics-oriented classes in business schools. And so I think that you can say there's a general diagnosis of what are you covering in in business schools. What is the, what is the point? Right. What is the fundamental point right. of business school? And in that respect, I think that there's a useful conversation to be had. I think there are changes on how we teach responsibility in business, law and ethics in business, et cetera. But I think the question actually goes relatively deeper to what are business schools doing with respect to the culture of how we're 
what are we really about? What is a business and what are we teaching students to be be doing? But the, having said that, just one other thing to say there, it's not, I think it's a little bit too much to say it's all the business school's fault because we are responding to markets just like other people are doing. Yeah, yeah. And so we are looking to the recruiters who are, who are the, what are recruiters looking for? What are the banks looking for? What are uh, what are consulting firms looking for? So this is a broader cultural issue that we really have to all discuss, not only sort of try to pin the, pin, pin the blame on the business yeah. schools. It's a broader political, social, ideological question. Here. Anita, your thoughts? It's a very interesting answer that you just gave, Eric. And my take is a little uh, different and also agree very much. So here at the University of Miami, where I've been for 35 years, I arrived to teach the required class in uh, legal and ethical implications of executive decision-making that had been in place before I got here. So it was in place in 77. And this was a required class across the MBA. Uh, the undergraduate course, it's a required course for all undergraduates, our introduction to business law, had a module around ethics. But I would say it wasn't particularly strong or particularly reinforced. Over the period of time, I would say that our energies have definitely shifted, and it may be a result of simply um, a coalescing of passionate people here and the fortunate to have some very generous donors um, who have made it possible to create uh, a suite of opportunities, including uh, co-curricular activities for students, both within the business school and across the university, uh, research opportunities for students and faculty, and ethics and society, ethics and community, um, campus-wide conversations around ethics facilitated by an ethics and film series, um, MBA consultants for nonprofits where we were able to generate support and send students into the nonprofit areas here in town and kind of be embed them in the community with an eye to their becoming better citizens, more aware of the needs of the community. Um, and 10 years ago here at the University of Miami School of Business, we, we changed our mission statement to include uh, creating principled leaders as part of the uh, point at the school, and the new dean that came in just last year, uh, John Quelch, uh, refined that to uh, principled leaders with global depth. And uh, with that, we've seen, I think, even more energy in that direction. Um, we had, just last year, we had our first postdoc in ethics, a, a philosopher type with some law background who was able to develop case studies and do some training the trainers mm -hmm. on campus. And... Um, and also a, a, a strong interest now in a, in a more global notion of sustainability. But I agree with Eric that you can't pin this on business schools. And that the question that we should all be asking is, you know, what's your reputation worth? How much is enough? And how are you going to get there from here? Which is the, uh, the way I present my my uh, themes to my students. Uh, I teach ethics undergrads, uh, MBAs, and execs. Stephen, how about you there at, at North Carolina? Yeah, I appreciate uh, the opportunity and the, and the conversation. Uh, I agree with the sentiment uh, that, uh, you know, pinning the, the responsibility uh, for the ethical failures in, say, banking on the business schools is, is certainly an exaggerated uh, claim. Um, I would say that at the University of North Carolina, we, uh, we came to the conclusion that um, – the approaches to teaching ethics at the business schools uh, needed further development. 
Um, historically, there's been a lot of focus on teaching uh, students how to think about ethics from a legal or a, almost a philosophical perspective. And we came to some very different conclusions. Uh, the first was that um, the biggest problem was that uh, young people were being placed inside business cultures um, that confronted them early in their careers with very, very difficult career choices where they were often given a, a, a situation in which they had to go along with something that was very compromising or see their career uh, threatened in a fundamental way. Uh, one of the principles that we came to was that the young people were in some sense the most vulnerable. And if you look at, uh, for example, uh, situations in the financial crisis, you see senior executives not being prosecuted. Yeah, yeah. And the people uh, really going to the wall uh, were mid-career or young people. Uh, Fabrice Torre, the, you know, the sort of um, case manager of the abacus deal at Goldman Sachs, you know, he gets barred from the securities industry and, you know, gets fined almost a million bucks. And the people on the Goldman Sachs uh, committee that reviewed that deal, you know, nobody uh, prosecuted them at all. So we began to talk to our students about the fact that they were uh, going to be, uh, you know, uh, in effect challenged early in their career and they needed to think in a more practical way about um, ethics uh, in, in order to um, progress. Training uh, you know, potential CEOs on values is, 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 is good, but uh, in some sense they have to survive the, 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 the road up the corporate ladder uh, to be able to, to act on, on, on those values later in, in, in their career. And, and Stephen, I, I think part of how you see that play out uh, could be also be in the example of something like Wells Fargo. Uh, you know, you see uh, some of the issues that have happened to that company in the in the last few years, and you wonder, you know, where is that pressure? Where uh, is that conversation about ethics with some of these ideas of bringing a lot of these products forward? Well, exactly right. That, that's an example of the kind of career pressures that, that, that people are, are placed under. And, you know, that brings up the whole question of um, what is the financial control culture and the compliance culture in different organizations? So one of the things we talk to our students about a lot is when they go through the recruiting process, uh, to actually pay attention to how the recruiters talk about um, financial control and compliance uh, in their organizations. Uh, you, you, if you've been out in the corporate world, you can usually tell the difference uh, between uh, corporations or firms that take, you know, financial control seriously. Um, an interesting example is whether how they regard the audit function. Is the audit function truly independent? Do they have an opportunity to go where they need to go? When you report something to audit, is it kept confidential? These are interesting, you know, litmus tests of whether, you know, the control organization and the culture in an organization will support people on ethics or will they hang them out to dry because management wants to, you know, do something and doesn't want to let ethics to get or the law to get in the, in, in the way. This is a different kind of conversation that, that we have with, with, with students here at, at, at Keenan Flagler. And interestingly enough, it's, it's actually... Um, you know, attention perks up 
I think uh, in, in you know some students consider compulsory ethics courses at business, you know, kind of an imposition. Um, but I, I I think to some extent that's a function of the fact that they they wonder how are they going to be able to put this in practice when they get in their career. They know the risks that are sort of out there, right? And so talking to them more more uh, straightforwardly uh, about these less than pleasant realities. And how to navigate around them, um, you know, it actually sparks their attention in in class. Eric, yeah, I'd like to pick up on a few of those points, and uh, I'm, bro- I'm broadly in agreement what, with what the uh, what 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 Stephen has just said. It, I hope he's staying out of the way of the hurricane, by the way, uh, down in North Carolina. <laughs> We're doing uh, our best to steer it south. Okay, good. Our people, friends in Char- in Charleston, are not 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 liking that. Well, uh, well, good luck with it. Um, but I just want to pick up on a few things. I think uh, I would agree the way I we have uh, we have different approaches at, at Wharton and depending who's teaching the course. And so you're always going to have different uh, di- different uh, different approaches. My own approach is uh, is to look at it business responsibility on two different levels. One is the ethics side, and and I think that I would agree that I try, and I think this is probably a general trend, that we're moving away a little bit from a strictly philosophical kind of approach to ethics, although I would say Wharton remains very strong in that field, and we have a lot of people doing research uh, from that kind of grounding, and, and I think I agree with the general view that ethics, by definition, is sort of a philosophical issue. But to tr- to teach that to business students, I think my own approach, at least, is to encourage them to get in touch with what is their own, what are their values, and where, where and for MBAs, they've, of course, been out in the real world for a while. They have, they, they have a lot of business experience. And so um, one of the things that you, 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 I think it is available when you're in a teaching environment like we have uh, is that MBAs have a lot of experience of their own, and then they are subject, as Stephen was, was saying, to very difficult situational pressures. Yeah. So it's not that people are immoral or amoral going into a situation necessarily. Maybe there's some few. But that the situations uh, put them at risk. And so the question is, if you, can you reflect and maybe help students to realize that you can be in these situations, there can be very high pressure put on you when you're in a situation and you're being told to do something and it's authoritarian it's a, yeah. it's a hierarchical <laughs> situation where your salary depends on this your family yep. may depend on you etc you it, it i think it makes sense to try to th- step back be able to think about that the fact that you're going to be in those kinds of situations and then what to do about it so that can sometimes be a legal response a protective response and that's another goal another goal at least how, how i think we mostly teach this at warden is prophylactic which is the legal side, how do you stay out of trouble? We want we want our students to not be on the front page of any sure. papers yeah. and to stay out, you know, these, to keep their keep their hands clean. It's not always that easy in these situations the, to do that. Then, Anita, how do you think it, th- this can be addressed? Because, I mean, obviously we've seen, even in the last few years, and I mentioned Wells Fargo for an example, we're 10 years out from the recession and we still see elements like this happening within the banking industry and even in an industry where we've seen uh, a very much a heightened level of regulation it ends up having the pressure but it ends up being a in some respects a choice that that person has to make so i'm smiling with recognition and agreement with both of my colleagues on this call it's so interesting first of all um, i do believe that we pitch 
uh, ethics as critical thinking skills, so making a good decision that will withstand public scrutiny. Um, I do try to avoid the word ethics, but rather engage them with critical thinking, good decision-making, reputation management. And the notion of how to report, recognize, and report harm. So we have a big compliance uh, initiative going on in the business school here. Um, I run a, a no-credit, no-cost, four-day compliance boot camp twice a year and have embedded compliance into the classes in a way that I did not five years ago to exactly highlight to them the way in which they can begin to assess the compliant culture of where they're interviewing. Um, I also really spend time trying to work with them about how me mechanisms for reporting wrongdoing, whistleblowing, yeah. and um, encouraging them to think about the way one could report wrongdoing in their own experience here now as undergraduates where they're not yet have much experience in the workplace, so that would be reporting cheating. And I did a whole hour yesterday on Enron, reporting wrongdoing, didn't happen, how would you report wrongdoing, avoid harm? And they were very engaged and very interested in thinking about those kinds of things. And I, I think there is a way, a pressure point at the more undergraduate level. The MBAs, I think, come to this table with the experience that um, was just mentioned. And asking them to reflect is an excellent strategy, absolutely. Um, and the question is, Wells Fargo is the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, yeah. I ask my students to not only watch well, you know, Elizabeth Warren scolding uh, John Stump, but I also ask them to realize that people all down the food chain were making decisions that were completely based on making a couple of more bucks and really harming other people. And I think the, the real push in our profession at this point needs to be thinking about about personal character and I, I, who are you, personal values, and I'm doing a whole class on that tomorrow uh, with really asking them to articulate that and carry that forward in their other business classes. Could I uh, build on, on what was just said, yep. uh, if I could? One of the things that uh, we, we um, uh, sort of illuminate for, for our students is how the legal landscape has changed uh, to support um, um, the reporting of wrongdoing. So uh, this really began in the wake of Enron with Sarbanes-Oxley and its whistleblower protections, uh, but they were quite imperfect, and uh, the, the, the Bush administration, Labor Department, did a terrific job of undermining you know, what Sarbanes-Oxley's uh, protections were supposed to accomplish. But subsequent to that, Dodd-Frank really, uh, you know, improved the whistleblower protections uh, and instituted a bounty program for, uh, for reporting through the SEC. Uh, in addition, uh, some very uh, successful cases have been brought uh, under uh, the, the False Claims Act, which was otherwise known as the Lincoln Law, is a very... Uh, famous case of Sherry Hunt uh, taking uh, City Mortgage uh, to uh, to task uh, in 2011, 2012, three years, four years after the financial crisis, this this, this happened. So um, there's actually been the growth of almost a cottage industry in legal firms that will support, um, you know, uh, principled whistleblowers. Uh, so they don't have to do it as lone wolves anymore. Uh, 
they're actually uh, uh, pretty uh, good opportunities to engage uh, legal help right. if you have a, 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 a compelling uh, a case. There are multiple places where you can uh, report this. Right. There's a National Whistleblower Center in Washington. So the, the, the landscape for, um, for actually taking action uh, and not having to throw your career completely out the window has improved a lot in the last uh, 10 years. And this is, this is something that is useful to bring the students' attention. Eric, your thoughts? Yeah, just to uh, kind of pull it together, I think I fully agree with the importance of uh, the legal landscape, and so I think that's something that we at Wharton b- believe very strongly that the ethics and law side go together. One of the really large uh, problems right now, I think, is that we're gonna we see a we see a reaction as if there's a reaction against any kind of regulation, and that seems to be gathering strength. And I think that's a dangerous sign for the future. One change I just want to highlight, since we're at the end here, is uh, that we've added. Uh, a, I think we've had on our show yesterday uh, Peter Conti Brown and David yep. Zaring in my department. So we we really think that financial regulation and the and the and the and thinking seriously about that is a big part of this uh, this question. We're adding another colleague in that same field at the junior level. Level in in January, and that is also part of this larger picture. We have to educate people to be uh, our students to be able to navigate the problems uh, from an ethical point of view. And mm-hmm. all, but they also, I think, need uh, would would be helped by a larger perspective to look at. Okay, how do we really get a handle on this problem? That's not that's not going to that's going to probably come back. I think sure. as you opened up. Uh, this series uh, discussing and not only talk about how they orient themselves ethically to these problems, but also how do we think a little more systemically about how do we how do we get a, how do we get change so that we can avoid these kind of really bad uh, fi- financial crises in the future. Thank you all for your time today. Right. Have to end it there. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Anita, for your time today. Greatly appreciate your insight. Thank Thank you you both. Eric, great talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.